Alright, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. Okay? Broadcasting straight out of the Melbourne studio this week. Extremely exciting stuff. I am willing to admit off the rip that yes, this studio is another bedroom. But still, it's a studio nonetheless. I'm in Melbourne. I'm here at the Comedy Festival. It's all happening. Okay? This is just a little peek into the life of a, of a genuine road dog. Nothing but bloody hotel rooms, you know? Drugs, hookers, murder, rock and roll. <laughs> All, all the cool stuff, dude. All the cool stuff. So, coming at you from Melbourne. First show was last night of the festival. First of 11. Okay. Is 11 a lot of shows to do? I think we would, we would all agree it is. I've got some mates who are doing 22 at this festival. So, Godspeed. I think Luke Heggie is doing 74. So, it really is a quantity game at the Melbourne Comedy Festival, and I'm here to play, okay? I've purchased I've purchased my participant pass, and I'm here to do upwards of 63 hours of live stand-up comedy. So, get around it. First show was last night. It was, it was a hot one, okay? I'm not going to mince words. It was a great show. Thanks to everyone who came out. There was an unfortunate riff from yours truly, I've got this sex robot bit and this is obviously first show of the tour. So in hindsight, potentially the sex robot bit was a little early in the show. Okay. Cause it's kind of weird. <laughs> and unfortunately I riffed that the Thai bride industry is potentially under threat and that the title of the show reckless Pelican was actually named after a brothel I went to in Phuket, which <laughs> Of course, isn't true. Uh, I wish I wish the people in the crowd knew that <laughs> because it was poorly received. Okay, if you want to really just torpedo your show about sixteen minutes in for absolutely no reason, start riffing about a hypothetical brothel you went to in Phuket some years ago. So, apart from that, it was one of the great shows. I apologise to the crowd then, and I'm apologising again now. So. The sex robot bit did about four or five minutes on it last night. I think in hindsight, it's probably really more of a 90-second drive-by. But we live and we learn, okay? So good to be here. I arrived in Melbourne yesterday and just the weather off the rip was just awful, which I appreciate. Don't double go for me with any like 23 degrees and sunny bullshit, okay? You know what I mean? If we're having pizza, let's just have pizza, okay? So... I love it here. I got to say, I, I could honestly, <laughs> dude, I'm so like, just the most minimalist good things can happen. And I'm like, mate, I could live here. I'm one, of, I'm one of those pelicans. Like I was just walking around last night and there was just people around. People are just out and about in Melbourne. And just people walking past me, I was like, mate, this city is alive. I could totally live here. Like that's all it takes. Okay. But the weather's not for me, but I will say I realize it's, it's my fault. I'm always bashing the Melbourne weather, but it's also, I rock up with, this is what I've brought. I've brought 16 t-shirts, one jacket, 
and and like two pairs of jeans. Like I am not equipped. Like I refuse to I refuse to admit what the Melbourne weather is and just roll with it and prepare accordingly. I'm always rocking up with like nothing but t-shirts. I'm like, oh, why is it so cold? You know, I'm the sort of guy, I would dead set take board shorts to like perish a blue and be like, what's going on, lads? Like, I'm just a fucking idiot. So, <laughs> so I've got one jacket, I've got a great attitude and I'm here to do stand-up comedy, dude. So I love it. I love, I'm, I am falling in love with this city every time I come here. And I, one thing I love about Melbourne is it's flat. And people from Sydney will understand yearning for, for a flat plane. Okay, Sydney, we got no public transport and all hills. That's why our calves are just unbelievable. I did set up the calves of like a 28-year-old Korean man. And it's because of the terrain of the city I live in. So loving the flat, you can whip around this town. Melbourne feels very like you're never far away from anything due to the, the trams and the lack of terrain. So I appreciate that. Uh, also, I am here. How's this? A bloke who used to rag on Melbourne and heavily implied last year that anyone who enjoys the F1 uh, is less than. I'm here. The, Mel- the, the F1 is on this weekend. Okay. And let me tell you, there are some blokes whipping around this great town, literally foaming at the mouth for these automobiles. Okay, I saw a bloke at the like McLaren merch store yesterday. There's just merch stores everywhere. You just you turn a corner looking for a 7-Eleven. Some there's just a, a tent selling Ferrari t-shirts for $174. And then there'll be a line of maybe 25 to 50 37-year-old men with suspect hairlines just tapping their credit cards away for all money. And there's a genuine buzz in this town. I can they're not doing it now, but you can hear the F1 cars warming up or doing practices or whatever they do. I don't know how car drivers train. I don't know if they jump on a bowling machine or how it works. But I will say, for anyone who's keen on the F1, they sound pretty fucking fast. Okay, so I don't want to hype up the event any more than it is already hyped. But I will say, they sound pretty bloody fast out there, lads. Hey? <laughs> and uh, we had that... Aussie kid on the project the other week, Oscar Pistorius or whatever his name was. Good luck to him driving for his team, which I have already forgotten. But yeah, there's a genuine, there is a genuine buzz. And anyway, better crack into some podcasting here, I suppose. I will say this, dude. So I flew in yesterday and I've had pretty, I've had what can only be described as a a red hot seven days. I'll put my seven days uh, from from yesterday to the previous Wednesday up against anyone's because I've been all over the map. High highs, low lows, obstacles, arts, you know, women, drugs, sex and rock and roll, probably. I mean, why not? And it, there's just been a lot on, okay? There has been a lot on. So, and I've, a few of the yarns I did in the episode with Rowan. And also, uh, I'm not sure how it came out because I haven't listened back to it yet. But I can only speak for myself. I was pretty blazed during this episode. And Rowan was mildly blazed. So the first time we've sort of crossed that barrier of podcasting while on performance enhancers. So we'll see how that came out. But a few yarns there. And anyway, so yesterday I got up at 5 a.m., 
Maka drops me to the bus stop at 5.20 a.m., which is absolutely Herculean stuff from the great man. We appreciate that. Uh, the metro is out of action, which I will get into. Get to the, get to the airport. I got pulled up at security because I had duct tape in my bag because I thought I might have to duct tape a couple of things in the room of my show. And they said, you can't take that on the plane. And I was like, why not? It's just duct tape. It wasn't even out of the wrapper. We got in wrapper duct tape. I'm being pulled up. And then I thought, oh, fuck, yeah. <laughs> I just pictured myself like duct taping the pilots going, you know, hijacking this thing. I thought that's why you can't take it on the plane. And that's a totally valid reason. But anyway, dude, so I whip in, ice long black, and I went to the same cafe. There's this cafe at the Jetstar terminal of the Sydney airport. And these were the guys who a few weeks ago when I went to Cairns, I ordered a strong flat white. They gave me a mocha. Okay. They made a mocker of me, ironically. Edit that out, Bill. That's one of the unfunniest things you've ever said. <laughs> oh, no. This, this is a bad sign for this pod. Holy shit. If my brain is coming up with that sort of stuff, I don't know. I don't want to speculate that this is going to be downhill from here, but I'd like to prepare everyone for the very real possibility that that could happen. So we'll see how we go. But anyway... So this guy, and I thought I'll give these guys one more chance because these are the Jetstar lads. And other than, other than that, I would have to go all the way back to the food court to get a coffee and then go to the terminal. So they're on the way and I'm willing to put the mocker incident behind me. Okay. This guy had me enjoying some sort of a sugary treat at 6am, uh, you know, basically on a direct path to diabetes type 2. So We'll put that to the side. I said, mate, you've got one more chance. This is what I'm saying in my head. You got one more chance. I get an ice long black, large, okay? And whatever. I will say the ice long black itself was tasty. Where this bloke lost me is he goes, one large ice long black, is that it? I said, mate, that's it, okay? $10.53. Now... I know it's like a cliche that the airport is expensive and I'm not here to like sort of, you know, hack it up on the pod or whatever. Like, mate, you order a burger at the airport, it's $43, bop, 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 bop. Okay, but I will say that over $10 for a coffee is just absolutely ludicrous. Like, and I'll go in, mate. If you want to, if you want to take me down the garden path, $8, $8.50, $9.50, okay? Let's say I pay $9.50 for a coffee. Okay. Oh, what year is it? Whatever. I'm in the airport. A couple of things on this is do me for 950, mate. Okay. I understand the context. I understand the environment I'm in. I'm totally up for you bending me over and taking me for all I'm worth because I want this coffee. 1050 is just egregious. Like that is just greed. That is just capitalism in full effect. It's disgusting what this man did. And the other thing is, mate, this is at the Jetstar terminal, okay? So you're charging $10.50 for a coffee at the Jetstar terminal, right? This is, this is working class. This is, you know what I mean? This is your fellow man. What you're doing is poor on poor crime, okay? If you want to pull this shit at the Qantas terminal or even Virgin, I, I would almost let that slide, but it's the combination of it being over $10 and at the Jetstar terminal. It's like, mate, why don't you just take the coffee and pour it over my head and then just write 
pour in texture on my forehead, okay? Because you've humiliated me. You've, you've humiliated me at 5.45 a.m. in the morning. So, anyway, okay. <laughs> I always get fired up on the wrong things on this pod. You know what I mean? Like, I'll be talking about, I don't know, so- someone will do something weird about, there'll be some sort of a human rights issue. I don't know why I would be talking about it, but I, I, will, I will just cruise through that topic. And then Ice Long Black, I'm like out of my chair. So, my priorities are wrong. Anyway, the other thing was, it was the, oh, is that it, mate? 10.50, no remorse. Like, he, he, he was just like 10.50, but his energy was like, he had 5.50 energy, okay? So, that's, and, and when I saw his 5.50 energy and I look at the 10.50, I just thought, you're a serial killer, mate. You are a dead set serial killer. So, anyway, sorry about that. I will say, dude, I saw this Korean chick just get laid out at the, at the terminal gate Firstly, public service announcement, if you're flying domestic in this country on Jetstar, they are not fucking around anymore with this seven kilo carry-on. They're full weigh in everyone's bag. People were just getting clipped up left and right, like 80 bucks. And it's a good way to ruin your trip as well because people, people, you have to pay it, you know, they've got you by the balls. So this Korean chick started arcing up and her, her bloke was like pulling out a phone. You know, when someone pulls out a phone and like, look at this, I'm right. It's like, just gross. Like, so this, this Korean woman and her husband like pulled out phones, like shoving the phones in this uh, Indian guy, the Jetstar employee's face being like, look, no, we're not paying, look. And, and to be fair to this Indian bloke, he's got the worst gig around town. He's just going around to people, just charging them money they weren't expecting. It's a horrible gig. Anyway, let me tell you, it was like something... Just just seeing a true alpha take control of this situation, this like sort of Italian woman, Italian-Australian, just doled up to the nines, shoulders on her, looking the biz. She comes over and just lays this Korean chick out. She goes, okay, if you put your hand in my face again, you will not get on this plane and I will call the police. Your move, babe. And like the Korean woman tried to arc up and she goes, no, no, I'm not having it. Sit down. How dare you talk to my staff that way and just full-on put this chick in her place and everyone's watching, dude. Full-on confrontation. It was fucking awesome. Anyway, let's get into the yarn. This is, this is not even the yarn. I've, just, I've gone too much in on the airport thing. I've got a couple of great yarns coming your way. Also, I forgot to plug my tour. Obviously, I'm in Melbourne at the moment. 10 shows to go. Up next, I'm going to Perth, April 15. Brisbane, April 22. Newcastle, April 27, Canberra, April 29, Adelaide, May 13 or 6, and Wollongong, May 6 or 13, and then Sydney, big old show, May 18. You can get those tickets via the link in my Instagram bio. New shows, absolutely cooking, so come on out, dude. Anyway, okay, so over the last week or so, I've been opening for TikTok superstar Blake Pavey for his stand-up comedy tour. He's absolutely killing it. It's a great show. It's already been through... I think he's still touring, but I think the whole tour is already sold out. But if you get a chance to see Blake, he's absolutely fantastic. And so I've been opening for him, and it's been great. There's been some sick shows. And on the Thursday night, I opened for him. Bit of an incident on the second show. So I whipped down to Wollongong Uni, and this room... 
I've played this room a lot over the years. I would say, I would argue it's not necessarily the best for stand-up comedy. But it's neither here nor there. Uh, anyway, first show, I would I would say serviceable, okay? Whatever, I did, I did fine. They were fine. Everything was fine, okay? Second show... Again, they're sort of tough work. These this crowd. I don't know. It's not the greatest room for stand up, and I'm sort of, I'm swinging away. I'm chipping away, but I'm you know I'm in the pocket. I'm doing I'm doing the opener's job of doing I'm doing my material. I'm getting some laughs. I'm doing the hard work. It's all good stuff. And yeah, the second show I just kind of like got a bit sort of just angry with them. I was just like, ugh, you know, that was just my vibe. I was like, ugh, you guys. It's giving me fucking nothing, dude. And anyway, the front row, I'm, I'm having an okay set. I'm going all right. And the front row is like about seven, uh, seven chicks, like, I don't know, 20 years old or whatever. And then a bloke on the end. And the, the women are just talking through my set. And it's just grating on me. And I get to the end of the set. And here's the thing. What happens next is my fault. Because I should have just, I've done about eight minutes. I just got to do one more joke and bring Blake on. And then I'm tools down. Okay, so all, all I had to do was nothing. This is just one of those things where it's just all you had to do was nothing, Bill. Just do one more joke and say, welcome to the stage, Blake Pavey, and then leave. And that's it. You don't have to do anything, mate. And unfortunately, I, I, I go to these women. I go, what's going on, girls? You just talk through my whole set. What's the vibe down here? Is there an issue? And it turns out there was an issue. I go, like, they're like, they're like, no, no, no. Like, they won't even, like, look at me. It's weird. And I go, what's the goss? What's going on? And like I said, it's really uncomfortable for whatever reason. And the bloke on the end goes, it was the mobility scooter joke. Because I opened up with my Westfield mobility bit. And it's about, like, 85-year-olds on scooters at Westfield. So, I'm like, the average age of the crowd is about, I don't know, 17. So, I'm thinking, how could this possibly be related i'm thinking is this bloke on the end like 95 or something he looks about 19 something i go what what's the issue with the mobility scooter bit and then i lean forward because you can't really see with the spotlight in your eyes and this bloke's in a wheelchair right and so i say oh right because you're in a wheelchair they're like off that joke and he's like yep dude the whole crowd shuts down all these 19 year olds just shat themselves because i said the word wheelchair all I said was, oh, right, you're in a wheelchair. I didn't say, fuck you, you're in a wheelchair or sucks to be in a wheelchair. I just said the word wheelchair. And I just said it because he's actually in one. You know, I didn't, I didn't say anything offensive to, to this guy whatsoever. But now, dude, we got a, a genuine situation on our hands here because the crowd has gone completely silent. These little TikTok kids must have left their, their sack at home or something. And I go, right, I, I said, and I'm so, so, sort of trying to start riffing my way out of it. And it is not going well, dude. <laughs> and I'm supposed to bring Blake up like right now. And I've created this whole awkward situation. And I go, mate, I was honestly really talking about pensioners, not sort of 19-year-olds in mobility situations. So I wouldn't worry about it. And this guy, this, this wheelchair piece of shit, dude, I know you shouldn't say someone in a wheelchair is a piece of shit, but this guy... I would argue you can be in a wheelchair and be a piece of shit. They're not mutually exclusive, you know. Just by virtue of the fact you're in a wheelchair doesn't imply you're also the greatest bloke to ever live. 
So this wheelchair guy starts going, keep digging that hole, mate. And he starts miming the shovel. He starts miming the shovel thing. He's like, keep digging that hole. And now I'm getting into it with this wheelchair guy. And now the wheels are off, ironically. And and now and and this guy's like, keep digging that hole. And I'm like, I will keep digging this hole. But and here's the thing is I'm kind of walking the tightrope of trying to zing this bloke up a bit, but also I'm not zinging him at all. Like I'm being very, you know, I'm like, yep, good stuff, mate. I'm I'm almost high-fiving this guy for heckling me. Just to try and get myself out of this situation. It's a fucking nightmare, dude. And this wheelchair guy's just mocking me. And then like Anyway, it was a this went on for like four minutes. It was a, it was real bad. And uh the crowd was very uncomfortable. I was trying to uh you know, I was I had the head movement, I was up against the cage, just it was it was tough sledding, dude. And then I sort of sp- spun out of it and did did a little closer and brought Blake on and he ended up having a great show. But my god, dude. Um and the thing was, if like I almost feel like I discriminated against this bloke because if anyone else was pulling this shit in the front row, I would have laid this bloke out verbally. But because he's in a wheelchair, obviously it's a real bad, you know, it's a poor optic if you just see some able-bodied bloke harassing a guy in a wheelchair in the front row. So it was a real dicey situation. And I think this wheelchair bloke fucking knew it as well. He was taking liberties, this bloke. So, yeah. Didn't love that guy. Didn't love his energy. Um, And yeah. I don't know. I'll tell you what, just the word wheelchair. Um, I've never seen a room get torpedoed like this before. Like, you would, the, the energy in the room was like, it, here's the thing is like, we've lost context. Con- like, just me saying, oh, you're in a wheelchair. The vibe in the room was I had said, hey, you're a loser in a wheelchair. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, just the word itself just shut everything down. So... Fair play to this bloke in a wheelchair. He had my number and yeah, I don't know, but weird one, real weird one, guys. I got to get the footage back, not to post, but maybe to post. I'm not sure. This would this would be interesting footage. You know how like, you know, Luke Kidger would do like sick crowd work clips of him like zinging people up and stuff. I think this would be interesting, this clip, in just that you would just see me squirming. Like at no point do I win the interaction at no point do I get any big laughs. <laughs> like, if you just want to see a really uncomfortable situation, just put Billy Darcy versus this wheelchair bloke. You know, it was... <laughs> I would argue there was no winners. And if there was, it was definitely him. So, anyway. Then, I'm opening for Blake in Penrith on Tuesday night. Whip out there. Big old, really nice theatre. Really nice theatre. Again, I'm pretty serviceable up there, I would say. The Sydney shows were absolutely electric, dude. And I, there was an incident at one of those, which I speak about with Rowan. And then, anyway, so I'm driving home from Penrith and I got to get up at 5am the next day to come here. So I got to get home. Anyway, I'm on the highway. I realize I'm running out of petrol. So I pull over and check where there's a servo. Bah, bah, bah. All right, pull back out. And when I start up the Metro, it traditionally squeaks quite a bit, okay? Now, this time, it's squeaking, it's squeaking, it won't stop squeaking. And then it stops squeaking abruptly, okay? Which would be cause for concern, but I'm telling you, mate, the Metro makes all sorts of noises, okay? 
The other day, this thing, classical music started coming out the engine the other day, and we were fucking flying. So with the Metro, you don't want to ask too many questions. You just want to, you just want to sort of go along to get along with this automobile because it's a trooper, you know? It's like when you've got a fighter who's hurt in the fourth round. You don't want to tell him he's hurt. You say, get back out there. Okay, that's kind of like with the Metro. So, yeah, the, the Metro is like that fighter who's like got fucking cuts all over their face, getting pummeled. And I'm the coach being like, you look great out there, mate. Don't worry, you got this guy on toast, okay? Two, three, we go home. So, that's kind of the relationship I have with the Metro. It's very much a fighter and a coach. So, anyway, I'm flying along. The battery light comes on which is something I've not seen before. Of all the lights that have come on in the Metro, and there is several, the battery light isn't traditionally one that does. So I go, okay, this is weird. But at the same time, you know, I'm listening for sounds. I'm, I'm checking the end, en- like I'm listening to the engine. I'm still fucking flying, brother. So I'm thinking, ah, oh, this is fine. Then I get the petrol. I get back on the road. Battery lights flashing on and off still. I'm on the highway. The lights start going down like fading, like the lights inside and outside the car. This is not great. This has not happened before. And I'm thinking, this is weird because the battery, while the engine's running, the battery should be charging up. So I'm thinking, this is weird. And anyway, it gets to the point where I lose all the lights completely, okay? Um, And I'm driving, like doing like 100 on the highway, just in pitch black. I have no lights. I've got my phone light on in the car just so other cars can kind of see me. It is so fucking dangerous, dude. Blokes are coming up right behind me and then seeing me at the last second. There's trucks. And I'm just thinking, fuck, we have a genuine situation here. But I've got to get up for this flight in 12 hours. I just need to get home at all costs. And we'll deal with this when I get home. Anyway, so this goes on for about 10 minutes or so. And it's stressful. Then, like, the engine starts being weird. Like I could get up to about 90 and then it would stop and I'd have to go back down to fourth, back into fifth. And it's like, nah, we got problems here, dude. So, and also it's so dangerous. But now here's the thing is I've got no lights, but now I can only go about 70 in a 110. So it's like, this is just beyond the pale. I go, fuck. All right, fine. I pull over at one of those emergency blue phones. I will say these things are fantastic. I've never used one before. You hit the button, ba-ba-ba-ba ring-a-ding-ding, you've got the king. Uh, You speak to this guy. They say, mate, is that you in the white hatchback? I said, it is. They said, we'll be there in 10. Two massive tow trucks rock up. And I I was trying to restart the car the whole time while they were coming. Nothing. I said, mate, I think it's a battery. The guy rocks up, starts, jump starts the battery. It goes and then conks out. This happens twice. So the engine turns over twice, conks out twice. No good. I get towed to a service station, call NRMA, and also free tow off the highway, by the way. Pretty good, okay? And then the guy goes, you can buy a... I don't know if anyone's heard of this. The tow truck driver told me to buy a car battery at the servo, and then you can just change it over with a shifter, which I'm already thinking is probably a bit beyond my capabilities as a mechanic, um, because I, I don't have any capabilities whatsoever. So I go, okay... I'm thinking, nah, fuck that. I'm just going to call NRMA anyway. So I call NRMA. They're on the way. And anyway, so I go into the servo just to like get something to eat. And I go, by the way, mate, do you sell car batteries here? And the guy looks at me like I'm a fucking idiot. And I go, yeah, that's what I thought. I didn't think you could buy car batteries at servos. 
Maybe at mechanics, but I don't know. Anyway, so the NRMA guy comes out and he's like a, an old school guy. He calls me up. He goes, mate, I'm at, I'm at Woolworths. Where are you? I said, no, I'm at the Metro Go service station. It's like a woolly servo. And he's like, ah, oh, for fuck's sake, I've gone to the wrong fucking place. Like, he's just off the rip swearing, which I actually really appreciate. I feel like when people swear as soon as they meet you, it's just like, okay, we got no bullshit here. And anyway, so the guy turns up. It's one of those things where he turns up, he opens the engine, and before the engine's even fully up, he goes, oh, mate, your, your PK belt's fucked. You're absolutely fucked. You got no hope. You fucking burn this thing to the ground, mate. You're fucking Like, he's just going nuts. And I go, he goes, I go, oh, so, so it's just cooked, mate. Are you serious? Like, I thought it was just a battery. He goes, yeah, I'm fucking serious. Like, he's just going nuts. And uh, he goes, right, mate. And this is one of those things where people present you with information as if you know what to do with it. He goes, right, here's the thing. You got a 25K free tow. I can either tow you to your mechanic or your house. What are you going to do? And I go... I don't know. I go, mate, I've got to go to Melbourne for two weeks tomorrow. And he's like, well, fuck, that's not too fucking good, is it, mate? And I go, no, it's not, mate. Like, I'm, I'm thinking, mate, you tell me what to do. And anyway, so he goes, right, just get a tow to your... I go, I'm going to get a tow to my house and deal with this when I get home. He goes, good call. So he calls the tow truck. He goes, it could be anywhere upwards of two hours. And anyway, so the tow truck rocks up in 20 minutes second free tow of the night and i'm thinking as well it wasn't the battery so i've saved 120 bucks there because that's i've done a battery before and it it costs about that so if anything mate like i got real silver liney with this i thought fuck two free toes and didn't have to pay for a battery obviously the car's fucked probably gonna have to cube this thing up and send it off to the graveyard but i thought fucking hell no money down this isn't so bad and anyway another tow truck rocks up arabic guy jumps out and anyway, he's pretty friendly. He tows the thing up onto the thing. And I'm thinking, ugh, got like a 40-minute drive with this Arab bloke now. He's about 50. Doesn't, he doesn't speak the best in glares. I'm thinking, oh, the, the small talk could be, could be a bit how you're going here. Switch on, Bill. Well, don't worry. This guy wasn't too, too worried about the small talk. He just immediately called his mate up and just starts screaming in Arabic on speaker. Like I can... He's screaming in Arabic in the truck and then the guy on the phone is screaming in Arabic on speaker. So on like Bluetooth. So that was the first 25 minutes and I got to say it was pretty good because at least there's no awkward chit chat. I'd rather just have someone scream in Arabic to a person who's not in the truck than ask me like how my day was. So that was honestly a pretty good result. When we did start talking uh he he said he said oh you live in manly he said i could never live in manly because i'm terrified of the ocean i said oh that's not too good mate he said yeah i've been to the beach twice and both times i had to leave because i thought there was going to be a tsunami and i thought okay okay that's good stuff maybe call up another one of your mates because that's that's not doing a lot for me banter wise and then and then he (laughs) he drops off the car outside my uh outside my apartment block um, parks it in a no stopping and also um, just fully diagonal, like pretty much halfway into the middle of the road. I go, mate, do you think you could park it legally? Like there was a spot where I wouldn't get fined. And he's like, oh, fine. 
And he parks it in a normal spot and it's just diagonal. Like this thing is just the worst park I've ever seen. I go, would you mind straightening it up? And he said, he said, I'm not straightening it up. And you know what I mean? You can't really argue with that because he controls the tow truck. The car doesn't move by itself. So this thing's just sitting diagonal, probably been clipped up by several passing cars. And then also the weirdest thing was when he pulled it off the truck, the back right tire was completely flat. So I don't know what that was about because like the like the the tire was completely flat so i swear to god i got a flat tire pulling into the emergency zone or on one of the tow trucks i don't know if that's a thing that might be a conspiracy from me but yeah we got huge problems with the metro um could be the end of the road for the old gal i have genuinely just done the old whatever i'll deal with this later and now i'm in melbourne with no car and no worries so i don't know put up a prayer for the old gal but we got huge issues with the metro This podcast is brought to you by our friends at Manscaped. This New Year's resolution, I know it's March, but we're still kicking. Our friends at Manscaped have one for you. And you know what it is, lads? It's proper hygiene. Okay, the leaders in below-the-waist grooming and experts of men's hair removal have you covered for your much-needed resolution of being your best. So join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code DARCY. That's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, for 20% off and free shipping. It's time to level up and fully align your hygiene routine with the most stylish and premium grooming products out there. Like I always say, I've been using these products ever since they came on board. And for me, it's the ease of use. You can, you can use, you can shave in the shower, you can take it on the go. I've got it with me here in Melbourne. It's got the light on the end. So pretty much any bloody idiot could use these products and groom themselves to the highest level. That's the Manscaped difference. So get around it. I'm a huge fan. And if you're looking to upgrade your hygiene and grooming routine, I must recommend the Manscaped Platinum Package 4.0. This kind of package, of course, is the deluxe option, but it's headlined by the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer offers a ceramic blade and advanced skin-safe technology, which reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate parts. It also comes, like I said, with that 4000K LED spotlight. The trim is also perfect to travel with, as I'm doing right now, and it's waterproof so you can shave in the shower. Uh, Another thing, lads, is if you're not trimming your nose hairs, you better bloody start, because this thing comes with the Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer, and the Weed Whacker also has the proprietary skin-safe technology. And a grooming routine isn't complete without applying Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver, before showing off your 2023 self. The Platinum Package, finally, you're still going. This Platinum Package has bloody everything. It also comes with two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, body wash, and deodorant. To complete the set, Manscaped threw in their shed travel bag and anti-chafing boxer briefs as free gifts. These products are the absolute perfect follow-up after your New Year's gym or sports sessions. So take advantage of Manscaped's best-valued bundle and save 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY, that's D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the code word DARCY. Time to save and shave with Manscaped. Okay, up next, a story I would like to discuss, sports-related. Uh, apparently, guys, we got huge problems on the Olympic front. Uh, we are 
we need a lot more funding for our athletes. Otherwise, when we host the Olympics in Brisbane in 2032, uh, we're not going to win many medals, apparently. We're going to get pumped. And the CEO of the Oz Olympic Committee wants another $2 billion. Sorry if I stumbled on that. $2 billion of government money uh, to fund uh, the various Olympic sports so we can win some of those beautiful, shiny medals. Or he said we will risk embarrassment at the 2026 Commonwealth Games and the 2032 Olympic Games. Now, it's obviously a big issue. This is obviously something that's very important to the CEO of the Oz Olympic Committee. And a couple of things on this, because the 2020 Olympics is like the most I've ever been into the Olympics in my life. We're in lockdown. Uh, I was working my way into what has become a pretty crippling marijuana addiction and it was just a great time to be alive, okay? I really enjoyed those Olympics. And here's the thing, risking embarrassment. I would argue that anyone uh, who sort of, you know, the Commonwealth Games themselves, I don't think we need to worry about risking embarrassment at what, is, what has got to be one of the most irrelevant sporting events on the calendar, okay? I don't want to really hear anything about government funding for the Commonwealth Games, Okay. The other day, I walked pretty quickly to the shops and apparently I won gold in a Commonwealth Games event somehow. So, I don't really think the Commonwealth Games matter at all and I would, I would question whether they should even continue. So, let's just put that to the side, okay? As far as an extra $2 billion for the, the funding the sports so we can get good at these sports no one really plays or even knows about. And this guy referred to the fact that we had the third highest medal tally in our history at the 2020 Olympics, a stat that I'm sure not a single person in Australia is aware of. I would say as far as funding for these Olympic sports, honestly, and I don't want to be too callous, who actually gives a fuck, dude? You know, like, does it really matter if we win gold in the canoe slalom or the skeet shooting? you know, or the fencing, or the judo, okay? Do we really need to be putting government money towards our judo program? Is that something that is really at the forefront of this country's issues? (laughs) And not to mention the Winter Olympics. I mean, let's just put that to the side with the Commonwealth Games. I mean, my Lord, Uh, even a cent spent on helping people jump on skis or fucking, I don't know, like just... What a complete waste of money. And, you know, am I in favor of spending millions of dollars on sports funding? Yes, I'm heavily in favor. Okay. But can we just spend the money on real sports? You know, sports, team-based sports, especially that enrich the community, you know? Like, why do we have to spend all this money? Billions of dollars. I was blown away by this. Billions. For sports that I would argue most of them aren't even real sports. Is canoeing a sport or is it something you do in a survival situation? You know, these sports where like, if you can't just go to a local oval and play it or the or a local body of water, like the canoe slalom, I watched Jess Fox get the gold and it did warm my heart. But if I knew that was going to cost upwards of 1.3 mil for her to go down these, these man-made rapids, you know, I might have celebrated her win with a little less gusto. And... I don't know. I don't want to get too house on the hill with this, but really, shouldn't we tackle homelessness or something before we tackle these made-up sports that people played in like 1877? You know, fencing? 
Like, a lot of these sports are just for the rich as well. Fencing. I don't think there's too much uh, too much fencing going on at local community centres. I'm pretty sure that only happens in Vaucluse or some of these private schools uh, where the blokes talk about rape in group chats, you know? It's just... I'm not so sure we need to be funding the Olympics that much. Like, as long as we participate and have a crack, you know, I would say definitely the swimming and the track and field. Let's get into that. But as far as some of these other fringe sports, you know, walking, shooting. Here's the thing. I can't even think of them. I want to give some examples of how irrelevant these sports are and I don't even know what they are. So, I don't know. I think... Like, really, how does winning gold in sailing help anyone? You know, we got underfunded public schools, homeless, a meth issue in this country. You know, I don't think anyone has ever been on meth and then thought, fuck, that gold medal we won in the sailing has inspired me to turn things around. You know, it's it's quite dumb. I think it's a complete waste of money. So, I think going forward, really, like, our relationship with the Olympics... Like, who really gives a fuck? I think that's a question this nation and a lot of developed nations around the world need to ask themselves. I think we should probably scrap at least half the sports and and add in some... Like, they had surfing. That was good. I think T20 cricket's been added. And, I don't know, just, just have a think about it, you know? Like, when you... The number two billion next to the word Olympics blew my mind. What what a what a tr- complete waste of money in my eyes. But anyway, something to think about there, and uh, and then just to finish this off, we got the the project for this week. Now the project is the segment where we celebrate Australian talent killing it here and abroad. And I got a send in this week. Sprinter Zoe Hobbs has broken the eleven second barrier, which is extremely exciting. She broke it twice. But upon researching this, uh, she's actually from New Zealand. So I thought, does this count? Is this a legitimate project entry? And then I thought, no, let, let get a bit of Anzac spirit into you, Bill. Let's celebrate Lucy Hobbs. So she's from New Zealand. She's out of Auckland. She broke the 11 second barrier for women sprinting, uh, which is uh, a huge deal. The first time she broke it, apparently there was an illegal tailwind. So I didn't even think about this, but apparently the wind was so strong, you know. Apparently, even they, the quote was, even Billy Darcy could have broken the 11-second barrier that day. So, illegal tailwind. The next week, she breaks it again. Completely legal wins. So, fantastic stuff, Zoe. Uh, it's the fastest time on Australian soil. So, you can sort of backdoor your way into the project there. We'll take that. Okay? We will take that. And if this chick goes on to become, like, the best sprinter in the country, I have no doubt that we'll probably adopt her as Australian as we have done with sort of many athletes, including like Rob Whitaker and Russell Crowe. So, and yes, Rusty is an athlete, okay? I know his current rig wouldn't lend you to believe that, but Russell Crowe is and forever will be an athlete. So, well done to Zoe Hobbs. Also, I'd like to spotlight, uh, there's a new show on Amazon Prime, Australian Made. It's called Class of 07. It's about like, it's like a zombie apocalypse type thing. I think it's a comedy. I honestly have not watched it yet, but get around it because I love how these big streamers are starting to make more Australian-made stuff. Caitlin Stacey is in it, who played Rachel on Neighbours, who I've had a crush on since 2005. I think she might be the most beautiful person to ever exist, okay? 
So get around that. Class of 07, Australian made. Zoe Hobbs, not Australian made, but it's all good stuff. Everyone's killing it. I've got 10 more shows in, in Melbourne, <laughs> which is a lot. Uh, first weekend's already sold out, so get in quick if you want to come to a weekend show. And uh, next Wednesday, I've sold like uh, minus 75 tickets. So if you want to come next Wednesday, that'd be great. And other than that, thanks for listening, dude. All the rest of my tour dates are on sale as well. You can get those tickets via the link in my Instagram bio. And I'm going to all the capital cities So after this. So hope to see you there. Some great yarns with me and Rowan blazed up next. And thank you for listening, dude. All right, legends, welcome back to yet another second half of Get Around Me with Rowan Arneal. Rowan, what's doing? Not much, not much is doing. Sunday fun day. Yeah, it's our first ever weekend pod, I want to say. Oh, yeah, probably. We probably normally don't pod on the weekends. It's We're traditionally, as loose as this pod is, I think, would you say it's fair that this is known as a party pod? <laughs> don't do that to me dude do not make me say that this is a party pod but, i'll uh, walk home would- i will take the cans off and walk home immediately <laughs> okay you don't have to say it but yeah. if i was to say this is a party pod i would shiver in disgust <laughs> if you called this a party pod but would you disagree dude the most annoying thing is because of this um i get no- my like sponsored on Instagram and stuff are just other white dudes' pods. <laughs> Welcome being, to the industry. <laughs> being videoed. Just I'm just getting crap pods thrown at me of dudes in studios. It's fucking it it's not it's not good. It's not good for potting. Are you saying that what we're drowning we're in not- a sea of party pods or mate, there's already some party pods out there. What are what are some party pods besides this one, which we both agree is a party pod. Mate, this is a Sunday afternoon pod. This is a casual... This is, Would you describe this pod as more of a lounging pod than a party pod? Lounging, even a working pod. Well, traditionally, we record Monday afternoons. Yeah, it's for cunts rowing, mowing lawns. Yeah, big Doing time. a bit of whippersnippering. Having yeah. to get through the cleanup. Having to get through the... Yeah, it's a, well, it's a blue-collar pod at its oh, heart. Obviously. Well, if you, obviously. Well, obviously. well, let's just do the maths on that. You have two blue-collar boys doing a podcast. Mate. If someone in this room earned over 62K a year, maybe we wouldn't be a blue-collar pod. But we're blue-collar. But we're blue-collar pod. And you know what? Blue-collar, Monday to Friday. Hustle, grind, etc. My alarm goes off when it goes off. Don't ask me. On the weekend, though. Yeah. Party pod. We we do a lot of partying outside the pod. But I'm saying I think people would like to see the partying and the pod crossover more. True, mate. It could be the first crossover. I think, honestly, I'm probably just going to cut that whole first three minutes. So, don't worry about the party pod. I like the party pod. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You're not going to cut anything. Everything stays in. <laughs> but, um, mate, i got some yarn for you. Mm-hmm. I've been out and about, dude. I've been- You've been running around. I've been running around town. I've done like eight gigs in the last three nights. Yeah, I've gotten several messages from you that were all different. Well, I think most of them were kind of angry. No. Well, there's been a spectrum. There's been a spectrum for sure. There's been highs and there's been lows. There's been high highs, low lows. (laughs) I've- I I particularly liked the low lows. The low low was, as I spoke about on the solo pod, me getting into it with the wheelchair bloke, (laughs) which on on paper is horrific. Yeah, yeah. If you say, like, 
the boys were like, how'd you go last night, Bill? I said, first show, great. Second show, there was an incident with a guy in a wheelchair, mm. which, you know, a, a, immediately ears are prickling at that. Yeah. Well, I laughed very hard. Yeah, you did, mate. You did. And, you know, I needed that. <laughs> <laughs> but I will be I will be searching for this wheelchair man to get his side of the story. Yeah. Because I think I could possibly be team wheelchair. Really? Just out of spite. Mate, this fucking wheelchair guy, dude. Okay, we can't talk. <laughs> You've already talked about it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, oh, yeah. But there was there was a number of incidents. All right. So, I opened for Blake Pavey Thursday, Friday night. Mm. Is that right? Thursday, Friday. Yep. Obviously, he's a TikTok superstar like yourself, mate. He's a child on TikTok. He's a TikTok superstar. Okay. He's, he's only 21. Excellent. He was selling out like 400 seats a show. So it was a real like it was it was like it was like well it was like well this bloke is six seven years younger than me and just wildly more successful. Well, it is. I'm I'm serious, mate. I'm starting to think that maybe this internet thing isn't going to go away. <laughs> mate, mate, it's time for you to deliver on your active and urgent promise. Yeah, I'm going to have to throw the bong out again <laughs> the second time. <laughs> I love how you made one TikTok video and you were like tools down. <laughs> I was like, this is who I am. This is what I do. And then just never did it again. Would you describe yourself as a quitter? <laughs> no, I'll hang in, mate. I'll because, fucking hang in. Well, I won't start things. <laughs> well, with the TikTok, mate, your first TikTok went great and you still quit. What would have happened if it didn't go great? Well, that had happened before, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> and that one got deleted. <laughs> Jesus. Anyway, um, oh, yes, yeah, so on the Friday, we're doing the Pado RSL. How's this for my Friday night? I'd like to throw my Friday night in your stupid face for a second here, mate. Yeah. I'm not sure what you got up to. This was my Friday night. 6.30, Pado RSL. Like 350 people sold out. I was opening for Blake. Mm. Then I walk 10 minutes down the road to Kinsella's. Mm. It's been like renovated. Did 10 minutes there. That was so fun. Then I walked back to the Pado for another show. I love walking distance. Dude, it was awesome. Mm. It was fucking awesome. And da, da, da. Oh, yeah. So the security guard at the Pado RSL. So let me paint a picture. Jacked Greek guy. Mm-hmm. Like energy through the roof. Yeah. Like th- some of the lads were saying he's on gear. Yeah. Like well, he's, def- it, he's definitely on gear. Okay. <laughs> is it because he's jacked or because he's Greek or is it because when you combine those when, two? When combined. Yeah. When combined. Okay. Yeah, obviously. I think, I think he'd probably be pretty candid about it as well. Honestly, like if this guy wasn't on performance enhancers, then he has, an, he has a zest for life I've never seen before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, when he was doing the, the security thing where you like scan people's IDs, because it's a club, you've got to sign yeah. in. He was doing the thing, Chloe, babe, how's your day? Oh, big long day at work. Oh, come and have a few drinks. Okay. I'm Oscar, by the way. Lovely to see you. All right. Oh, wow. Like, but like to the roof energy for every person. Mm. And um, and like when I walked in, I was like, oh, mate, yeah, pretty... Long day, mate. Came for a couple of schooners. He goes, oh, you're at the right place. I said, mate, I love your energy. And he goes, I love your energy. Like, he was just fucking going nuts. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Blake's on a, on stage at the second show. And the second show was, I mean, both shows were just fantastic. The second show was pretty rowdy. Yeah. And anyway, so. Wait, so but this is a Friday night. This and, is the Friday night, and yeah. both shows were good, you said? Yes. Okay. And then the Thursday was in Wollongong. That was the second show. That was the wheelchair guy. Okay. Is yeah. that, is, was that the night where I, you, uh, I just remember a phrase of, I dead set just bombed. <laughs> where, where's that from? 
that might have been... No, I don't know. I think it was just the wheelchair incident. Oh, okay. The first show was great in Wollongong. Oh, nice. Yeah. Anyway, and and before the wheelchair incident, everything was pretty A-OK. Yeah. Nothing was going... Like, I wasn't going great. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there we go. That's yeah, these, 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 these the TikTok truth. kids, are, some of them weren't, weren't really my bag. But, uh, <laughs> but um, anyway, so... Da, da, da. Oh, yeah. So, the security guard, he comes out the front. Um, I'm talking to Tyler and Mitch, two of the lads... Um, on the merch desk mm. and we're just having a bit of banter Oscar the bloke the security guard comes up and he's just talking so loudly mm. and we're like uh, the boys are already just so off him because he's like hitting on some of the patrons of the show but yeah. obviously this is sort of a TikTok audience yeah you can't some of the gals are like uh, young Mate, TikTok like, audience you yeah and you've got this like 40 year old coked up Greek guy like licking people <laughs> It's weird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, the boys are already off him. And then he comes up and they go, oh, mate, geez, you're pretty funny. They go, and Tyler goes, you'll have to join the tour, mate. And you could see Oscar, he's actually thinking about it. <laughs> he literally goes, he goes, me, join your tour. And he's literally thinking about it. He thinks he's been like scouted or something. Fucking weirdest guy. And he's talking so loudly, mm. so loudly. And I go... And there's nothing worse than people talking loudly at comedy. Yeah, yeah. And I have, can be a culprit of it sometimes. I also, yeah. You are a real culprit of it. Well, sometimes I've got to say wicked things to my friends at the back of a room. But the thing with you is you talk loudly, but you're also always talking shit about the act on stage. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, it's a bad combo. Yeah, I've come into trouble. You'll just be standing next to Rowan at like a fucking comedy gig with 30 people. And he'll just come up to you and be like, I fucking hate this guy. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, mate, shut up. Yeah. If you are a comedian, you see me talking in the back of the room. Heaven forbid the shit chill that runs through your spine. And me just dismantling the absolute dumb shit they're going on about. If, if Rowan has already also had a good set himself, then <laughs> he's just absolutely firing from the hip in all directions. Dude, when I walked up to Duggan, when I was hosting, I introduced someone and then just immediately started talking so much smack. And he just pointed at their phone recording next to me. I was like, oh, fuck. <laughs> mate, absolutely, yeah, that's a shocker, mate. That I, I literally just, won't talking shit's fun. It's just so much fun, dude. I literally um won't put my <laughs> I won't put my phone on the table behind the curtain of the comedy store. Mm. Some people put it there to record their sets. I honestly won't do it because I'm too scared people will just be ripping on me in the green room. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's way too. Much. I wouldn't do that. I, I, I will. My phone is always in my pocket. It stays with me, dude. Especially depending on the lineup. <laughs> yeah, bro. I don't want my phone anywhere. I don't want it out of my earshot. Oh. It needs to be within my earshot. So, people just know. Yeah. I yeah. don't need to hear it. Yeah. You don't want to come off. Everyone's like, great set. And then you listen back on your phone and you just hear them say, this guy is a filthy hack. <laughs> 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 um, anyway, da, 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 Oscar the bouncer. Oh, yeah. He's just talking so loudly. And I go to him. How's this though? I go, mate, can you just stop talking so loud? Like it bleeds through the sound. Like we're at the Pado RSL. It's not like a fucking. Yeah. There's just a window. And then the show. Like, it's yeah. not like a proper theater. Um, anyway, and he goes, oh, sorry, like, I'm very deaf. And then just, like, perfectly lowers his voice. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, sweet, whatever. Sick cunt. Anyway, so then um, I get another beer and I go, let me, ca I'm going to catch the last half an hour of Blake's show or whatever. So I go in, sit at the back, having a beer watching, living La Vida Loca. And then the, the bouncer, the Greek guy... He's going into the showroom. He's standing side of stage. 
he starts like interrupting Blake. What? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like people start, people start like because it's a rowdy show, so everyone's yelling stuff out. Yeah. So yeah. I think he thinks it's the thing to do, and then Blake like responds to him, but can't see that it's the bouncer, and he goes, "Oh, it's the fucking bouncer!" Like it's killing in the room. Mm. So it's all it's all gravy so far, and then. And he's like, he's like, oh, I've heard about you, mate. Like, it's all killing in the room. It's gone great. Like, mm-hmm. it, also, Clip City. Yeah. Like, um, you know, this, this, this is viral this, potential. He's this- getting literally heckled by the security guard who was employed to stop crowd members interrupting the show. This is a TikToker's dream. I mean, this is pretty much best case scenario. If this yeah. was me, I would have been fucking frothing. Yeah, yeah. Um, anyway, but then like, uh, so yeah, the bouncer, like the calls are coming from inside the house. You're getting heckled by the bouncer of the venue. <laughs> and it's, the funniest thing is this 40-year-old Greek guy is behaving disgracefully. Meanwhile, like he's surrounded by 16-year-olds who are keeping it together more than him. <laughs> and they're all fucking hammered. <laughs> anyway, so then, but then like Blake like fucking handles this guy, Clip City, we move on. But then the Greek guy keeps interrupting. And also by this point, I'm like three shows in. I've had about... I want to say nine beers. Yeah. So I'm getting a little twitchy as far as the Greek guy. Well, you are. That is about the level of beers that Billy needs before he starts thinking about Mediterranean men in a bad way. Yeah. Whereas, no, but like, I'm just saying like, uh, it's really pissing me off that he's interrupting Blake. Yeah. Like, mate, it's crazy. It's literally, mate, it's making me angry now just thinking about it. <laughs> it is insane. It mate, is an insane, insane move. Also, this kid's fucking 21. He sold out two 400 seat shows. Shut the fuck up. <laughs> Just let, let him do the show. Like, this is absolutely ridiculous. He's getting heckled by the bouncer. It's also like, you should be fired. He should be fired on the spot. <laughs> you're a bouncer. There's a comedy mate, show and you're heckling. Mate, if someone was heckling Blake the way he was, it would be his job to kick them out. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, this guy's like an undercover fucking piece of shit, you know? Mm. Like, anyway. Seems pretty brazen. Yeah. Also, um... Anyway, so I'm like, I'm like, uh, I'm waiting for this situation to fucking resolve itself because I don't want to. Also, it's way on the other side of the room. I'm mm. in the back right corner. He's on the front left side of the stage. Mm. It's a big stage. Um, so I'm like, I'd have to walk across the whole room. Also, I don't really want to get in a confrontation with this guy. He's fucking jacked out of his mind and mm. everyone knows he's on cocaine. Um, also, I'm 0 and 1. Also, I don't want to interrupt the show any further. I can't believe you're including your fight record <laughs> in your cowardice. No, I'm just saying, you know, like when, yeah, yeah, when yeah. UFC fighters take their next matchup, they think about yeah. they think about what's going on. Yeah. What's my ranking? Oh, what no. sort of form am I in? Oh and one. Oh and one. Anyway, he keeps interrupting him. So I just get to the point where I'm just like, fuck it up. So I just like walk across like the whole theater. And then I sit like five rows away from him. I'm just looking right at him. And then and I'm like, oh, for fuck's sake. Also, I got a bright yellow shirt on. I don't want to walk right up the front of the room at the stage and start talking to the bouncer. Yeah, especially after you've middled out earlier. Yeah, dude. Also, I mean, after my set in the second show, people, I might start like crowd surfing out of there or something. I mean, <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to start a rally, you know, like, dude. Um. Anyway, so I'm like, oh, fuck. So anyway, I go up to the stage and I just go very carefully to the side. I go, mate, I go, could you like stop interrupting the show? And he's like, oh, no, like, they love me. Like, and I go, and I go, no, you have to stop interrupting the show. And he's like, yeah, yeah. I go, and then I, I switch it up on him a bit. I go, do you understand? <laughs> I like full white change the tone because <laughs> he's like sort of laughing off. I go, I go, he's got 10, 15 minutes to go. Do not interrupt him again. I go, do you understand? And then the guy was like, dude, the guy kind of backed out on me. Oh, nice. Yeah. And I was like, thanking the fucking nine young Henrys I've had. And then, uh, <laughs> 
And then, um, and then uh, he left. Oh, he he boarded his job. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, he went back outside and then like sat in the corner and like wouldn't talk to anyone for the rest of the night. Oh, nice. He got sooky. He got sooky. He got very sooky. Oh. Man, isn't that odd that you're like, I couldn't possibly enjoy what's happening here without being the main star of it. You're saying that was my intention? No, no, no. That was his intention. Oh, I was about to like, say, he, yeah. he can't watch the last 15 minutes if he's not yelling at him. But it's it's crazy that like the, the bouncer, there's only one bouncer upstairs. The bouncer walked from outside. Like, out of his way. He wasn't in the showroom. He walked from outside into the showroom up to the stage to just start heckling the act mm. from the side of the stage. And no one's doing anything about it because he's the security. Yeah, yeah. That's so funny. That's crazy. It's fucking insane. That's insane. I hope he's fired already. Oh, there's no way he will be. You don't think he will be? He'd only worked there for two weeks. I asked one of the bartenders. Oh, I reckon that's such a thing that's... If, I think if it becomes, like, reoccurring, but it's like... It's a one-off Blake Pavey show. Yeah, yeah. I don't think... Unless a manager gets told about it. Yeah, it's probably fine. It's probably... I reckon he's probably escaped it. Damn it. These slippery Greeks. <laughs> <laughs> what? How Are people buying this merch? I'm interested in the merch desk. Oh, yeah. He had sick merch. And it fucking... You got to get into textiles, mate. I know. The textile industry, there's money to be made. People the- make... Sh- <laughs> it's, it's unethical for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, via <laughs> <But>, Vietnam. <laughs> yeah. Like, pay- did my mate tried to buy from like a Fens or something because he thought it was like ethical. But it's just... And then it, on the tag, it said, made by our good friends in Bangladesh. Oh. And it's like, mate, this is just patronizing. Yeah, our good friends. Our good friends. This is fucking bad. That's like that's like um, Steve Jobs calling one of the Chinese sweatshop workers one of his good friends. It's like, just like, fucking hell. That's crazy. Bit patronizing. Yeah. Jeez. Um, but yeah, anyway, um, what were we talking about? These slippery Greeks and then- Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Blake Pavey, sh- the- you're a TikToker now. Oh, the the merchandise. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, merch is a, is a racket, but like you got to lay out for it. Mm. So, you got to throw down like five grand. Mm. It's pay to play. Mm. And, you know, I'm all out of fucking tokens, brother. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but heaven forbid, one day Billy Darcy will drop his hat into the textile ring. Oh, my God. When I get merch, dude, it's going to be sick. I've decided when I become more of a famous act, I'm going to just brand myself like a UFC fighter. I'm just gonna like before I go on tour. I'm gonna hold press conferences. <laughs> and, like, I, I don't know, obviously no real journalist would come, so I'll just maybe have someone ask me questions I've made up. Yeah, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think that'd be cool. And I want to do like a I want to do like a walk in, like how UFC fighters do walk ins. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, yeah. it'd be so sick. Oh, I don't know. It'd be so weird watching you do that though. It would be funny. Yeah, it'd be tough. You need to commit so hard. Yeah. Unless, otherwise, you look like such a fool. I know, yeah. I mean, to be honest, it's probably, it's a bit further down the track anyway. Yeah. You can't really do a UFC walk-in to an 80-seater. Sometimes you forget that Billy's beliefs are so good. He'll just turn to you and be like, mate, I'm selling out theatres. Great start of a sentence, Billy. Great start of a sentence. (laughs) um, I was talking to um, to, um, our friend Martin last night up in Lithgow. And he was like, oh, mate, so, hey, I haven't seen him in a while. He's like, mate, so saw you touring a bit. Like, what's the gosh like? What's your goal to sort of just do do the clubs and stuff? Or do you want to do more festivals? I was like, I just want to become like a massive touring comedian. And he was like, 
yeah, right, okay, yeah, cool. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be able to spit on your family name from the heights that you've never imagined, Martin. Don't talk to me about it for a fucking second. Yeah, it's going to be me and Tommy Little on top of the mountain, brother, okay? <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of that, I was in Lithgow last night, so I don't want to hog all these yarns. Yeah, yeah, Have yeah. you got any yarns or? Oh, it was a pretty chill weekend, a happy endings, to be honest. Oh, you did happy endings? Oh, I had a good time at the cross, actually, in between shows. You mate, is the Golden Mile back? The Golden Mile isn't back, but it's by the way, it's so not back. It's so not back, but it's because dude, there could be no nightlife there for next for the next hundred years. But mate, junkies are still gonna be hanging out. They're dude, not gonna leave. I don't know I don't know what they get out of it, but it's just a spot for them. Dude, yeah, junkies are still still doing their thing in the cross for sure. They're, it's basically just them now. And yeah. a couple of like out of touch hens nights that haven't like checked in with nightlife for eight years. I know, like thirty nine, yeah. and you're just like Jesus, dude. The cross is so not good. Have I told you the time? I um, you know Georgia from Melbourne. Mm. So when I when I first met her, she came to Sydney, and um, she came and watched me at Happy Endings. Oh, and yeah. then afterwards, um, she was like, "Oh, let's get a drink after." I didn't even plan anything because I was like, "It's the cross on a Friday night." <laughs> You know, we'll be lucky to get in anywhere. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. the Golden Mile, Johnny Ibrahim, big up. <laughs> it's it's just like pokey rooms and smoking. Dude, it now. was so shit. And she's from Melbourne, so she was like, she was like just ripping the whole thing, being like, I I told you like Sydney nightlife sucks, and I'm like, no 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 no. But I'm going to like fucking bars and clubs that I went to when I was like 19, and they're just like now they're like laundromats, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I was taking her on the worst night out of all time. Dude, we went and had a beer at World Bar. It was completely empty. Fucking World Bar, Billy. Oh, it was bad. That is bad. And I'm like trying to entertain her at all costs. I'm like, I'm like, oh, this is so weird. I was here like seven years ago. I was packed. <laughs> <laughs> I was here before some major legislation changes and it was pumping. Dude, I was getting so desperate as well. I was like, oh, this is one of those nights that's so bad. It's almost becoming good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you got to walk directly to Surrey Hills and just completely forget the cross. I know you do have to. But, but I, I was, I, I was, I was on the outside. I was drinking a coffee on the outside with, and then it was like a big screen, and it was like essentially it's just a smoking section that they claim is a courtyard at the front of this pub. But it's like it's just inside. They've just got a big window, and we were just watch. I was yarning to some dudes and watching the footy, and then this homeless dude next to us started getting like mega arrested. And then it was like a crew of us outside and a crew of us inside. And it, it was quite fun because this dude in a bulldog's jersey with like black teeth kept going, he didn't do nothing, mate. He didn't do fucking nothing. Oh, you fucking dogs. And then we're all like clapping and shit. And then the bouncers like picking up some glasses like, oh, bro, apparently he actually damaged like a shit ton of property down the street. And the guy in the doggy's jersey was like, ah, uh, well, fucking whatever, mate. He's mentally ill. I'm mentally ill. It doesn't matter. Like, he kept contradicting him. He's like, mate, even if he was a serial killer, mate, look at him. And he's got this, like, big gut hanging out. And the homeless dude's yelling, like, I'm the king of the cross. You can't take me down. And then um, he- <laughs> the Bulldogs dude was like, even if he was a serial killer, mate, it's like, let the man sleep. <laughs> What, a serial killer can't enjoy some peace and fucking quiet? Mate, he could have killed 17 women. I don't give a fuck. Look at him. He snacks the ripper. <laughs> and I was like, dude, this is a great time. Dude, the cross is still still wild. I was actually in um, Redfern the other day. I took my lunch at um, Redfern Park. 
Because mm. I'm doing that driving job. Mm. Dude. The one that looks over the city, the Prince Alfred. Uh, it's the one next to Redfern Oval. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, mate, let me tell you, they say Redfern's gentrified and the rent is so expensive. Dude, the streets are still real, brother. Mate, the streets can be very real. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was, it was uh, Redfern being like gentrified and becoming rich. Um, someone forgot to tell some of my soldiers out there because, <laughs> yeah. because holy shit, dude. Oh, mate, they're still hanging on. Dude, I had to move bench twice because like twice, like two guys just- you know the homeless guys where, like, they're just screaming? Yeah, yeah. And it's like, I don't know who he's screaming at, but he, if he thinks it's me, I'm fucked. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was the thing in Austin, mate, where, like, the homeless people, it was, they weren't aggressive. Yeah. They weren't aggressive at all, but they was, they'd be screaming at a telegraph pole. They weren't trying to fight you, but, or, but it's not that they were trying to harass you or fight you. It's that through their own psychosis- there was a genuine possibility they could think that's what you were doing to them. Yeah, yeah, That yeah. was the issue. Yeah, the Austin homeless are loud. They're very loud. <laughs> They're very loud. They're scary, dude. They make their presence very clear. <laughs> dude, I love how, like, Joe Rogan, anytime it's brought up on his podcast, he's just like, oh, you get that everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, oh, yeah, so you're on the cross. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I even... Oh, I was just telling the story about the homeless man. Oh, yeah, nice, nice. Oh, mate, by the way, I'm copping digs left and right last night because Billy brings up fucking politics on on the podcast on the internet. My mate's going, oh, Rowan, cutting political edge satire from you last week. Oh, mate, well, I've just, just popped your mate to listening, brother. I'm like, you motherfucker, Billy. Mate, what are you- I told you it's real time with Billy D. It's politics corner with Billy Darcy, mate. Also, here's the thing is, while we did technically talk about politics, we didn't actually talk about politics. Mate, we made very little points. If you could even find one point in that 16-minute thing, then fucking you can- best of luck to you. I was like, yeah, I kind of care. And then I spent like seven minutes just saying in different ways that I don't know what's going on and I don't care at all. Yeah, and then- Labor, labor, labor. We're back, baby. Yeah, landslide win for labor. What are the implications of that? Mate, we'll see. Who knows? Labor, if I know labor, they will fuck this up pretty big. So um, that might be on the horizon. Oh, here comes here comes old right wing Rowan oh, to the rescue, no, mate! I would love. Oh, for here the- we go, Labor <laughs> mismanaging money yet again. No, no. Mate, the ink hasn't even dried, cunt. <laughs> mate, they're gonna fuck up in a way that I don't want them to fuck up, dude. Honestly, when the Labor guy won, I thought I I couldn't tell you his name now, and when it, when I saw it, I, I I thought I've no idea who that is. <laughs> and then Chris Mins, mate. Chris Mins, is that it? Yeah, I think mate, so. Mate, honestly, it just rammed home even. When he won, I was like, fuck, I don't even know who he is. Like, you got to switch on, Bill. What's happening out there? And then I thought to myself, fuck, re- real G's move in silence. <laughs> yeah, this bloke has G. absolutely come in the back door. While Perite was talking about vaping it up mm. um, in some sort of a desperate bid to appear cool. Yeah. So, South- this guy was probably getting the back door deals done that he needed to. He's a South Sydney boy, mate. Ooh. South Sydney with a bit of a... My, my friend was commenting on his wife is a bit of a pog. P-A-W-G, fat ass white girl. The, His the, wife. Yeah, yeah. There was lots That's of public knowledge, is it? That she's a pork. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, a mature natural. A mature natural. Yeah, yeah. So, so before this guy was even elected, his wife was designated her pornography category by the public. Is that what I'm hearing, mate? Well, that's what my mate told me. I came back from happy endings for a bit of a session. He's like, mate, his his wife is a pork, and I was like, wow, damn, that's political satire, maybe or something. Just political information. I had no idea. Do you think if you had known that, do you think it would have swung your vote either way? Well, I did already. I did vote for Labor, and in, and in this area, it didn't. It didn't. I didn't. I didn't swing anything, unfortunately. Well, in my electorate, I voted for 
my man Michael Reagan, and he won. Is so he, is he an indep- weird independent? Independent. Oh, what? Uh, being a local man who's interested in serving your local area. It, does that make you weird? Does that make you weird, Rowan? <laughs> what you, are his policies? You big party what piece is, of shit. What are his policies? Um, he's going to get the bus route sorted for the Northern Beaches. Oh, stop the congestion on Pittwater Road. Upgrade the Waco's Parkway. You've embarrassed yourself, mate. If upgrade the Waco's Parkway? Yes, mate. I like my Waco's Parkway. Very spooky and old. I don't know about that. The haunted Waco's Parkway. The haunted, dude. Dude, how's the this? The dystopic Waco's so, Parkway. So, for anyone not from the Northern Beaches... The Wacos Parkway is notoriously haunted, like one half of it. And there's this bridge where if you drive across, there's like a dead bride and you look in your rearview mirror and she's in your back seat. Yeah. So, some of the dumbest people I've ever met have have quite an enormous interest in this. Mate, to be honest, I will not drive that side of the parkway after nine. I'm serious. (laughs) I am also quite scared of ghosts. I'm so scared of ghosts. The only time I did it was one time this girl in Narrabeen was like, come over. And it was like 10 p.m. And <laughs> <laughs> you faced the your ghost demons. Mate, honestly, I was like, it's gonna be an extra 20 minutes if I go around. And I was like, I was like, I'll just fucking let's go, let's yeah. fucking. I just, mate, I had the rosary beads ready to go. <laughs> I doused myself in holy water. I packed 74 condoms and I did about 140 down the parkway. <laughs> um. Anyway, that's absolutely disgusting, Bill. But um. Oh, mate. So I got to tell you about my Saturday. Oh, great. <laughs> so, well, no, keep it coming. Keep it coming. Well, you've got nothing to talk about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What happened on your Saturday, mate? Two more beers. Oh, yeah, true. True. Should we keep them coming. Yeah, yeah. I'm closest to the door. I'll grab them. Yeah, you grab them. I'll uh, I'll do some solo podcasting for the people at home. Uh, mostly, I'll be talking about that. This is in fact a party pod, mate. So, this is one of the great party pods. First time recording on a Sunday, the Lord's Day. I won $77.88 on the UFC. Sanhagen via points. Once again, the greatest punter on earth delivers. And yeah, dude. Anyway, my Saturday. Oh, and also I forgot last week I um I called that thing you like to do sheathing, I think. It's actually oh my it's stealthing. God. It's stealthing. Oh, stealthing. Yeah. I thought you were doing that joke again. No, no. It's stealthing, not sheathing. Which, yeah. Um, okay, that makes a bit more sense. Yeah, yeah. It does make a lot more sense. Because afterwards, you were like, Rowan, it's stealthing that I like to do, not <laughs> sheathing. And I was like, oh, true. I said it wrong. So, that's how I knew. All right, mate. Come on. <laughs> Saturday. That was, Saturday. That was unjustified. <laughs> anyway, so my Saturday. Okay, now. There was the inaugural... Sorry. Um... There was the inaugural Lithgow Comedy Festival over the weekend. Yep. Now- I've always thought Lithgow- I know. Screaming it, out for a comedy festival. It's scr- Mate, every place screams out for a comedy festival. Is There's not a single place in Australia that couldn't do with a comedy festival. But I would like more of them to be by the coast. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, they needed- um, I got booked for it. And then they did like six shows over the weekend. It was very cool. Um, our mate Martin Curtis organised it. Former, a former soldier in the trenches with us in the open mic scene of Sydney back in the day. 2015, mate. 2016. Sweeney's comedy. He we was- lost a lot of good men up there. <laughs> he was going down. <laughs> yeah, I mean. <laughs> lovely guy. Lovely guy. Lovely guy. Great guy. And uh, he's an absolute legend. So, he booked me for it and 
so he goes, do you have anyone else? Can you get maybe Pat Doherty or someone else? And I go, yep. I asked Pat. And then I also ask you and Freddie. Mm. You guys were busy. Pat goes, yep, I'm in. Now, this is pretty much the most terrifying thing you could engage in as a human being. <laughs> Booking Pat Doherty for an out of Sydney gig six weeks away. This guy is like a grasshopper. He's impossible to yeah. fucking lock down. Yeah. So, I said, mate, do you want to do this? You don't have to. If you say yes, you have to make sure you actually come. Yeah. He goes, mate, I'm so keen. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, first red flag um, was, what was the date yesterday? Um, the 25th. So, I text him like the 23rd of April saying, mate, just a reminder that we're going to Lithgow on the 25th. And he goes, oh, fuck, is that this weekend? And I go, no, March 25th. And he goes, oh, yeah, cool. And I go, already, that's just crazy. Like, you don't know when it is. So, that's the first red yeah. flag. Calendar. It must be put he in the calendar. He doesn't have a calendar. Yeah. Like, I always text him, put it in your calendar. <laughs> anyway, so then the thing's coming up. And it's like a festival. So, we're doing a show in this, like, uh, this outdoor show at this pottery place. Pat's hosting. I'm doing a spot. And then I'm going to the workers' club and doing a longer spot at the the big gala show or whatever. Um, anyway, so Thursday, I text Pat and we got like the run sheet of the different shows. And I didn't really understand the whole festival thing. So, I was like, oh, this is actually cool. Like, this will be fun. Mm. Like, I didn't get that it was like all different shows and stuff. I really didn't understand the concept at all. Yeah. So, then I'm like, mate, this will be fun. You're hosting. I got a couple of spots. Like, this is good. Makes the drive more worth it. Yeah. Um. So I go, I send him the run sheet. I go, mate, this is actually going to be really sick. I'm pumped. Um, and I go, do you want to drive or me? He doesn't reply. Yeah. Okay. There's your second red flag. <laughs> Dude, I just wouldn't have even. But um, anyway, so, da, da, da. so anyway, Friday, I text Pat saying, please confirm your attendance for tomorrow. No reply. Saturday morning, I wake up to a text <laughs> from Pat Doherty that says, mate, I'm at a Bucks on the South Coast and my car has just broken down. I'm not going to be able to make it. <laughs> what do you, what, give me your immediate, you get that text the yeah. day of the gig. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are Pat's having a good time. I question whether there's even a Bucks. <laughs> I know I don't know if there's a box, but whatever's happening, Pat's not leaving. And but here's the thing: you get sometimes you're with. Do you Pat. think the car troubles were real? Oh, of course not. No, <laughs> no, he would have gone on about them like way more. Yeah, he talks about the car troubles for like f five seconds and moves on. Yeah, nah, there's absolutely no way that's real. Yeah, that's what I thought. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> of course. So then Pat's like, "Don't worry, I'll get someone to replace me." He put in this huge Sydney Comedy Festival group chat that, like, is used for spots. He was like, does anyone want to do two gigs in Lithgow tonight? <laughs> and I'm like, sweet. So, that's, like, that's him trying. Dude, I, I knew you were worried about it. And then just to wake up and just see a message from Pat being like, mate, I am in a pickle. Do you reckon you could go to Lithgow? I'm like, I can't go to fucking Lithgow, cunt. <laughs> I literally was like, you've got to be kidding. Like, this is my worst fear. And it came true. And he did also. He didn't find a replacement in the end. No. Guess no. who hosted the pottery gig? Who you? Me. Yeah. Of course, of course you. me. <laughs> and like Martin asked me to, and I felt bad. Yeah. So I was like, yeah, I'll do it. I did not want to fucking host. Anyway, I get there. It's literally in a barn 
Oh, firstly, the other thing was I took the Bells line to Lithgow, mm. which is like the alternate route. My maps took me that way. It was fucking harrowing. <laughs> it was like sideways rain and fog. Like, And then I was like running out of petrol in the middle of nowhere, basically in the bush. Fuck. Yeah, I was like on E for like the last 40 minutes of the journey. <sighs> Mate, honestly, the Metro, dude, I put some bars leak in the radiator of the Metro. And it is fucking cranking now. Really? Oh, my God, yeah. What's Barslick? It's like this stuff that clogs up radiator holes. Oh, mate, you might need to put that onto me. I, mate, might, I might have to invest in that. Mate, it was week. 10 bucks at a servo. I fucking flew to Wollongong the other night. Oh, my God. Thank God. We can both go. We can both leave Sydney. I mean, I'm touching wood right now because I don't want to tempt anything. Yeah, yeah. That is sick. But anyway, yeah. So, harrowing trip there. Get there. It's like rainy as fuck. It's in a barn. Like sold out in a barn, mm. about like fifty people or something. I want to say the average age in the crowd maybe eighty three years old. Nice, um, including like a fucking eight year old. Um, I'm hosting. I do fifteen of the most arduous minutes you've ever seen. <laughs> I do everything. I do like twenty five minutes of material in fifteen minutes. I'm absolutely throwing everything at these cunts. Like it's just wild. And the whole time I'm thinking, Pat Doherty, Pat fucking Doherty, man. <laughs> and then. In the second half, they have a musician on and he goes up there, like pretty weird guy, like long beard, glasses, fedora, long hair, mm. looks like Gandalf kind of. Mm. He goes up there with a ukulele. He hands out footnotes before one of his songs. He does no comedy, like just does like 25 minutes of talking and music, real weird songs. Mate, it sounds like they've nailed the comedy festival. <laughs> well, the first half was all comedy. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> We've got a musician, but don't worry, he's not good. <laughs> <You're> like, great. <laughs> good musician, let him into the comedy festival. Mate, dead set. Anyway, he hands out footnotes because his last song is, and I quote, too dense. Like, it's got all oh, these hidden meanings in it and stuff. It. Anyway, he goes up there, he starts singing, there's pubes in the soap and the robots are taking over. Fucking hell. Bad mu- Sometimes you forget because you only get given good like there's only like kind of well-produced music gets produced to you even though like even if it's not your taste that there's just so much dog shit music it's crazy dude and he goes up there he goes i was at him he starts giving the background of this song that no one knows nor cares about do like seven minutes just talking about the song he goes i was at a festival and they said what's the difference between nonchalance and negligence and so i asked chat gpt and he did this whole thing and then like it was like he was like the butter's got pubes in it like the soap and the robots are taking over and it was real weird fucking hell real fucking weird dude it, from america i know some people that um because all the hip-hop i consume is just hip-hop that people listen to but now i know some i like make friends with people on facebook that were black comedians like open micers these like weird black mics where they all just like talk about what they'd do if their son was gay, um, <laughs> which is like the hack tra- trait um, with shitty open mic black comedians. But, um, mate, some of them try and get into the rap game and you're like, oh, this is fucking the cringiest thing I've ever seen. Yeah, that's brutal, dude. Australians that haven't lived other places, mate, they'll get tricked by a black guy thinking he's automatically cool. Oh, yeah. Mate, not me. Not me. Dude, <laughs> I, did, um, I did the open mic at the Hollywood Improv mm. years ago when I went. And um, I remember this black guy was like, like so high energy, like this, the best delivery I've ever seen. And I was like, he was like doing really well. 
And I was watching him. I was like, wow, this guy's great. And then like three minutes in, I was like, oh, this is the worst comedy I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. like he, he was just like such a gifted performer. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, wait, no, nothing he's, he said has any substance whatsoever. <laughs> he's just got like the delivery of a god. Like, <laughs> yeah. He just believes in himself. Yeah, and sometimes that's enough. He's got hella swag, dude. Like, <laughs> Anyway, um, oh, yeah. And then, um, yeah, so that was fucking weird. And then it was weird. Like he, he did 25 minutes. He was basically just... This is the problem with like amateur performance to a certain degree. It's like this guy's basically just vomiting his mental illness all over these people oh. who had paid money. Dude, I've had so much vomit put on me by these people. I've, <laughs> I've had so much mental illness disguised as art fucking shoved at me in my life. That's the whole open mic scene. <laughs> yeah, that's, be- all, that's all open mic comedy is. <laughs> oh, I'm so happy I'm not there anymore. <laughs> I know. Yeah, it was weird. Yeah. Dude, what about, um, I mean, I don't even want to say his name just because, like, he's still around and, like, you don't want to sort of, but I'll, um, I'll, I'll make a note to just cut his name out, but remember. Oh, bro. Rude. Yeah, but I, I don't even want to, like, talk shit about him on the pod. Oh, as if he'd listen. I don't know. You never know, dude. dude because he, 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 he's, like, boys with me. He had, like, a flip phone. Shit. Dude, he was, like, a, mate. He was so like he went to prison for almost killing a guy, and yeah. we would just do open mics with him on a Wednesday. Yeah, he left and went to prison, then came back, and then but he's like the only prison dude that did open mics, but just did parody songs out of this little like shitty speaker that he'd bring. It was so weird. <laughs> what was his dude, main song? I can't remember. <laughs> One of the most, and then he came, he got out of prison and just rocked up to the open mic with this like eighteen year old. Yeah, that's he's right. Like a thirty-eight-year-old Asian dude. Dude, it was like, weird. This guy's dude. The nuts. open mics when we first started was like incel Rowan Arneal, former criminal incel Billy Darcy, <laughs> just parole Freddie McManus, incel incel just parole Pat Doherty. It's like fucking hell. Like, yeah, it does bring you together with the normal people that you're like, man. It's nice that there are some other people that um like stand up comedy yeah. that aren't completely batshit crazy. Dude, I'm, just, I'm literally 20 years old, just following like a schizophrenic to seven people, <laughs> and I'm just like, is this like? Uh, and you just have that moment where you're just like, what the fuck am I doing here? But I got off on it so much. You're like, all right, I got to go back in the room because I think Kugel's going to do that really anti-Semitic <laughs> Jewish impression again. Dude, there was the people. And I'm where- just going to watch him bomb so hard. Dude, there was the people where you'd be like, oh, like this person's on. They're really good. I want to watch them. Mm. And then you'd be like, oh, this person's on. They're really mentally ill. I want to watch them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was the, the, uh, the same two impulses until you stop really caring about the funny people as much. And you're like, all right, this guy's going through a real tough time. We better catch this four minutes because it could be legendary. Dude, one time at Sweeney's, it was one of the saddest things I've ever seen. Was a dude, were you there when a guy arrived in a tux and he, with his, um, with a woman and she was in a wedding dress? Oh, she just got married. Who was that they, again? It was someone that hadn't done mics much at all and was, wasn't was a comedian. He'd done it the week before and I'd seen him crush, but it was like just a luck thing. Um, And then he came there. So, they rocked up. There were these two Canadians and he start, I stuck around for it because I was like, this is crazy. That woman's in a wedding dress at Sweeney's. What they the just f- got married that yeah, day. Yeah, I heard got, about this. They just got married at the court down the road and- he goes on stage and starts talking about it. 
um, thinking it's going to be heaps funny and that his dream is to be a comedian and she supports him. Um, so she's here right now on their wedding night. They're from Canada. They got married. They just had a court wedding and he tells his story about this homeless guy that they got to have as their witness and brought into court. And it's just bombing so hard and everyone's like so uncomfortable that they're there and she's just in a wedding dress at the back of the room holding an ipad filming him bombing on his wedding night oh my god (laughs) and i'm just like crying laughing at the like complete horror of it all it was the fucking sickest tuesday it was like oh my god i just saw one of the saddest bombs just a woman holding an ipad in a wedding dress watching her husband bomb and he's talking about how it's his dream and he's like 33 oh my god (laughs) dude i remember when i was when we were back, back when we were in the trenches, mate, I remember you would meet a guy and he'd be like, he'd be like, just married for a year and his wife would come with him to the open mic <laughs> oh, yeah. and he'd be like 33 and you could see him getting really into it mm. and you could just tell he like, was it, he wasn't very good. Right, it's not going to happen. Great guy, whatever. Yeah. I just, you just want to tell him, run. Yeah. This isn't for you. <laughs> this world will take everything you have. <laughs> like, just get out of here, man. Like, get the fuck out of here. Just be like, someone needs to take those people aside and be like all right this takes like 10 years if you are good yeah <laughs> and dude it's a young man's game it's like a get, young man's get game. the fuck out of here you're all, like you're gonna lose it all brother yeah yeah because we've we've seen we've seen it we've seen lost. it <laughs> we've seen it dude how many blokes rolled in with eight-year relationships and then like nine months later they're just ravenous like trying to get booked at cafe lounge the missus left they're trying they're like emceeing just they're just they're an alcoholic now, like they're just fucking hanging out with Saeed and shit. Like <laughs> it's weird. My boyfriend, yeah, I encouraged my boyfriend to um pursue this thing, and now he drinks six nights a week at pubs. <laughs> You're like, oh, sick. Yeah. Now he's like, now he says like horrific pedophile jokes around the home, <laughs> yeah. and he says he, he tells me to stop being such a woke snowflake. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it certainly is brutal. I've seen it happen. But um, fuck! It is funny to watch. But when you when I started, I was like, "Why are so many of these people unfriendly?" And I was like, "I'm going to be very friendly once I, to new people." And then I did that for about six months, and so many of the new people were just like, it was immediately like a jarring experience, and they were just like telling me their life story or some sketch that they like or something. That after like a year of that, you're like, "All right, yeah." I'm not talking to anyone. <laughs> I've been burnt so many times by like complete freaks. Yeah. I became like pretty unsocial at the open mics before COVID. Mm. And I would like fucking demand to go on first <laughs> because I could not, could not, like, they'd be like, can you go on third? And I'd be like, okay, I'm going to stand up on the rooftop at the bar, text me when the MC saying my name and I will walk down. I'm like, oh. like I'm just so burnt out by you freaks. <laughs> I just want to fucking say these jokes to these seven people and then leave. Like, I just leave the metro running out the front. <laughs> Dude. Oh, mate. How are we doing on time? Uh, we've done like 40 minutes. Forty. Well, we've done like probably 47. Probably. How, how do we feel about it? I mean, I personally have probably had enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you think? Well, we've, Yeah, and we have reined it in a little bit as well. Oh, uh, to be honest, mate, I think the first half hour was absolutely electric. <laughs> and then I shouldn't have sent you for that beer, mate. We we fucking lost it, lost a step, I think. True. 
Right. It's a fickle business. Well, mate, it's like that lightning in a bottle thing, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> that is how people describe me and Billy. They say, mate, Billy and Rowan, it's like that lightning in a bottle thing. <laughs> All right. I reckon we can call it. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Thanks for mate. listening. Oh, I'm in Melbourne right now. Come and see my shows. Rowan's coming down next weekend for beers. Yeah, yeah. Come out on the session. Oh, and also, if anyone in Melbourne could supply me with some light narcotics, that would be ideal. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, I reckon. Oh, yeah, we could get that sorted. I think we can, yeah. Yeah, that'd be nice. I'm gonna. I'm just going to have a little um, gentleman's holiday. Are you going to do any spots or are you going to just I'm going to do yourself? some spots just to um, keep me off the piss in the daytime. Yeah. So, I'm going to do spots, but I'll probably- do pretty early spots and then just like, mate, just drink like 13 pints and wow. like not as far. It's got drink to- culture draft. <laughs> yeah. We're going to the source. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it was my little holiday. My little Dude, my diet's been quite crap the last couple of weeks. And then I was like, I looked down at my stomach. I was like, oh, geez, probably need to sharpen up a bit here, Bill. Like just, you know, not eat as crap on the weekends and maybe ease up on the beers during the week a bit. And then I went, oh, I'm going to Melbourne for two weeks in three days. Hmm. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll revisit this in two weeks. <laughs> we'll reconvene. Mate. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, meet, me, meeting adjourned. <laughs> anyway, all right, this is whatever. Okay, let's all right. Go out all right.